This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? It I has feel been like an I... interesting morning, hasn't it? It's been such an interesting – it's like an interesting weekend in general. It's like – it's so crazy. And the topic we're talking about today has nothing to do, by the way, with our interesting weekend, but we're going to share it with you anyways <laughs> uh, because that's who we are. That's what we do. We're real. <laughs> yes, we're real. Well, it's funny because I just wrote an email that went out this morning about my decision to say no to this camping trip mm. that my my son and my husband went on, the Cub Scout camping trip. And it's funny because you know a little bit of the fiasco that went down with the camping trip and why like, I was so happy. <laughs> I was going to go. say, did they even make it to the camping trip after all? <gasps> they did. Okay. So, so to bring people up to speed, the fiasco <laughs> with the camping trip, it was like a half hour outside of Cave Creek. Uh, and to give people kind of idea, it's like an hour from your house just to get to Cave Creek. Just to get to, so it's like an hour, hour, yeah, hour and a half. So after Cave Creek, they have a half hour drive and they lose signal. So my husband's outdoor coordinator, he got to the campsite, no signal, found out there was a gate code on the gate to the campsite for the whole Cub Scout pack. Didn't have the gate code. Looked over his email. The email says at the bottom, after all of this other information, must call the office for the gate code. Didn't have a signal. So they had to drive back to Cave Creek. Got to Cave Creek at 445. Called this office. The office had closed at 430. Because it was a Friday. Because it was a Friday. They had (laughs) no gate code. They had to text every, all the Cub Scout parents, be like, we have no gate code. We'll try to find it. Well, let's see what happens. And so he drove back here where we were drinking margaritas and eating chili and having a re- real good old time. It was a good night. It was a good it, Friday night for us. <laughs> it was a really good night. So the office ends up calling him back with the gate code. 
my husband and son spend the night on Friday and then go back up Saturday morning. Like I'm in bed. It's I think 545 in the morning and my husband kisses me goodbye and they go out the door. And then they're there the entire weekend and then they come home. I find out that the gate code was wrong. (gasps) No. They got there. The gate code was wrong. And my husband went through all the combinations to find the correct gate code. And I'm like, how did you do that, Josh? And he's like, you start with 0001 and then you go up from there. And the gate code was 2424. It took him an hour and a half. He says, he, like, when he came home, I was like, I, I had, I, I get tight shoulders and I'm like, hey, Josh, can you, can you rub my shoulder? <laughs> he, he seemed fine. He's like, I actually can't because my forearm is so sore from doing the gate code. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a great example of why we should not go to things we think we should go to because I would have. Oh my it. God. Yeah. It's like, not I would have been a good weekend. Okay. First of all, bravo to him. Like that is an engineer through and through. Of like, yes. I can figure this sucker out, man. I'll just do all the codes and I'll figure it out. That's an engineer's brain right there. Yeah. Second of all, it is a patient, patient person. I had like, so just to give you a little glimpse, we celebrated my son's birthday this weekend, family party on Sunday at my parents' house. And I was in charge of ordering lunch for everybody. So I ordered some pizzas and normally we order Little Caesars and I'll go grab it and bring it over to their house. But to make my life easier, we ordered... um like delivery. And it said to be there in 30 minutes. 30 minutes go by, I get a text. Oh, it's taking us more time. We'll get it to you as soon as we can. An hour goes by, still no food. And we didn't have I've a had that with time, pizza. <laughs> right? Like yeah. we didn't have a ton of time. Like at our family in particular, like my husband and my kids and I, we had a lot of things we had to get done. So I wasn't planning on being there for more than like two hours, which is a short get together for my family. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to get food by now. This is just messing up everything. So I called the pizza place. And I would say long story short, but this already is a long story. Uh, they were like, no, we don't have your pizza order until another hour and a half to be done. And I'm like, I can show you my screenshot that says that it was supposed to be done half an hour ago and that you guys sent me a text saying that it wasn't ready. He's like, well, I don't believe you, ma'am. That's not what my screen says. <gasps> oh, I lost it. I lost oh it. My, my whole gosh. family heard me say a few choice things that I probably shouldn't have said. And then the man was like, I was like, well, you need to cancel our order. And he goes, fine. And he's like, it's canceled. And I go, Okay, well, what is your name? And he hung up on me. He hung up on me. I don't, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> my husband, like, came over and he's all like, it's okay. He's like patting my head. Oh my it's gosh. okay. And my whole family's like, it's okay, Brie. It's okay. We'll just eat cake. We'll just eat cake. It's all good. Oh, I'm so sorry. And to mess with you when you're hungry, that's horrible. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not nice when I'm hungry, but yeah, so it just, I, that's my my example of patient man versus impatient person. I'm an impatient person. <laughs> no, I don't think you're impatient. I think that like it, you were hungry and he t- like blatantly disrespected you. Like in that kind of situation, I think anyone would have had the same or similar reaction. Like my husband, he was alone in the forest. <laughs> well, what was he going to do? Like it was <laughs> – but uh, speaking of, we, we're talking today about giving kids devices and giving kids cell phones because this is such a hot topic. Oh my goodness, it is. And I'm so glad we're recording this. We had an incident and I'm like, we have to record about this, Joanne. We have to. <laughs> yes. So here we go. You want mom life to be easier. 
That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So a few weeks ago, I sent out an email about our choice to give my son a phone. And it was, it brought a lot of heated discussion in, like... (laughs) To say it lightly. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have – like I'm looking at my screen here. I have our email open with all of the responses back to your email that said, how young is too young for a phone? And wow, there was a lot of people with a strong opinion about this. Very strong opinion about it. And I made a reel too on Instagram about it and like the the judgment that comes in so fast against parents – Without any conversation, without any like a- any interest at all in anyone else's, and I think it's just our digital age too. Like we take things snap judgment, and we just hit reply and send, and bam, without even knowing or thinking about other possible explanations or reasons. But that's just me and my pride also saying it because I mean, when those things come out. It's hard to take when people personally attack you and your parenting decisions. Oh, yeah, 100%. And we have that culture going on right now where everybody judges everybody on what they're doing. But and I and I feel like while I am somewhat biased towards you because <laughs> we have the same we have a lot of similar thought processes on things and you know, you are my one of my very best friends in the whole world. You are no guilt mom. I still felt like when I read your email that like had people read it, like actually read it, the the arguments that they brought back, I'm like, did you read the email? Do you know what we do here at No Guilt Mom? So yeah, I think there's like one or two emails I'd like to just read snippets from. Oh, yeah. They're already up on Reels and Instagram. So yeah. with names deleted and everything like that. But right. yeah. So like I, I'd like to point out like so the email was about how your son is nine. Right. And you guys were wrestling with the idea of whether or not to give him a phone. Mm-hmm. I and- was very I was kind of hesitant about it. And my husband came in and we had an old phone like this wasn't a phone that we bought. Like it was an old phone. And he's like, yeah, we could get this set up for him right now. Let's do it. Bam. Here's a phone. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, now. <laughs> whoa, Nelly, let's slow this up a tiny bit. <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, uh, I did see the reasoning behind it. Yeah. And I, and I agreed. Well, and what you said though, too, in your email was that the benefits of teaching your child how to use the digital technology outweighed the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think that yes. was the big part that a lot of people were talking that were missing. Like, and one piece that you said in here was that there is so much fear because we don't know yet the effects of you know technology on young minds, which also can be said, um, which is also said about books and printing press when it first arrived on the scene. Same, I think, with radios as well. Which is fact. There's a lot of things that right. was big controversy when they were first invented. Yes. But this is something that you and I have talked about recently, too. We did a whole podcast on parenting and fear. And mm-hmm. so the next thing you said on your email was, instead of letting fear lead your parenting, what would it look like if you trusted your own sound decisions, blocked out all the scared voices of the naysayers? 
that are that are not in your current situation, your life, your shoes. And mm-hmm. that is what people missed, I feel like. Hey, all. It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Well, yeah, I just don't think that there – sometimes there's not a – I don't know the word. Like people can't put themselves in other people's shoes. <laughs> like, okay. like there's many people who can't put themselves in other people's shoes. They think that their reality is the only reality there is, especially when you're not exposed to many different viewpoints on a regular basis. Let's just say that. I would say that's true. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting because like the biggest thing that got to me with the whole uh, – First of all, when I wrote the email, I knew there was going to be pushback. I knew it. I, I know this is a hot button issue. <laughs> and I think it's really important to discuss it. And I think it's really important to, to talk about it more because the only guidance we really get as parents is either like, just don't let them have a phone, delete all the apps, 
or put monitoring systems on your kids, lock them out of certain programs. And as well, as long as you put this certain program on and monitor it, you'll be fine. And I have mm-hmm. to say that is complete BS. Kids can get around programs. Kids can get around locks. Kids can get around whatever they want. They're very intelligent and smart, <laughs> like very intelligent and smart. So like, as much as we try to block our kids from the internet or prevent them from having a phone, they're going to get there. Same about drinking, like everything. <laughs> yeah. And I would I would argue that, okay, if your fear is like what they're going to get on the phone on the internet, yes, you can put, like you just said, all of these monitoring apps on. You can have a lot of rules within your household. Um, you can be checking the phone all the time. And yes, that significantly decreases the chance that they will be able to see things that you don't want them to see on the device that you have given them, ignoring mm-hmm. all the other devices out there in the world owned by their friends or at school or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not a reality that everybody can achieve nor would be happy in where your whole, like that takes up a significant amount of your time and your mental load to constantly be concerned and worried about and monitoring your, what, if you have multiple kids are doing. Like I, I can say personally from my experience and my husband would 100% agree with this. My, my husband raised, had a singleton and I have two and two is by no means a ton. But there are a lot of things with parenting that he tries to like that he has. I'll say to him like, oh, well, what did you do with your son when he was this age and this happened? And he'd be like, well, this this didn't happen because I only had one. There's a lot of things that like you just said, like if you can't put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you don't understand how the situation, even the slightest thing is having like one extra kid, how that can change things. And in my scenario... I not only have two kids, they have two different households and we have two Mm -hmm. different ways of parenting. So it's almost, and you know, we've had some struggles with technology in our household with one of my kiddos. And it has been almost impossible to keep that under wraps. And we have like our Apple phone, we have the parental controls and everything, but it's, they still find a way around it. Yeah, because I think we've we've been fed a lie that if we're on top of it, these things won't happen. Yes. Like it's a lie because if you're on top, if these things happen, it doesn't mean that you're not on top of it. It means your kid is curious and intelligent and smart and they are going to find a way to do what they want to do. And so this way of parenting isn't the way. Oh, I was watching Mandalorian. This is the way. This is not the way. This is not the way. (laughs) Because – rules are meant to be broken as a rule breaker myself. I know it. Like (laughs) I will find a way around any, any ridiculous, silly rule that is put in place because I'm like, I don't see the benefit in that for myself, nor do I see the benefit in society. I'm just not going to listen. I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. And And I think a lot of, you and my daughter, I think a lot of people are like that. And so the only way through is really frank discussions and education. Education is the only thing because people they do do stuff that is not in their best interest, but they're more likely to not do stuff if they know what might happen and if they are talked about, like if it's talked about in a way that isn't meant as a scare tactic to kids, but it's like, hey, you know, just be aware of this going on and this be aware of this going on. But we don't know what to talk about if the kids never experience it nor if the kids never come to us. So, okay. So I 100% agree on that. I want to share like a couple of lines of just a few things that people had to say so you can Mm -hmm. understand where our perspective is coming from. 
So like one of the emails we got back was, I bet you get a ton of comments on this phone idea email. My guess is that your nine-year-old is your first and your oldest. Therefore, you're a bit naive as to knowing what happens when you, when you give a phone to a child. We do know what happens in all caps. It has happened to us in all caps because I was naive and I gave my child a phone. We got burned. I was naive and desperate for productivity. Okay. Not what we okay. said in the email. <laughs> well, but but there's so much in there. First of all, uh, there's a lot of shaming of herself in there that she is blaming herself for what happened with her teenager. And it's not that at all. Like it, it's not naivete. Like it's, it's not that. <laughs> and it's so funny that she said that because obviously it's not, it's my second. And actually my oldest was really mad at us that we gave him a phone because she's like, well, I didn't get one till I was like 12. But it's it, it just goes back to it being such this misunderstood process that we're bu- we're blaming ourselves for our kids' curiosity and transgressions rather than turning it into learning experiences, both for ourselves and for our kids. Yeah. Um, get, getting to know our kids and also like telling them like, "Hey, this may hurt you in the future." So. The the, na- the naive thing and the desperate for productivity, what I wrote in the email was uh, my son has a lot of friends that he talks to on text. Mm-hmm. Um, it's friends I all know in person. I know their parents. Like they're all approved people. Well, <laughs> like, and let's also throw in that that kind of communication has like become so much more popular post-pandemic mm-hmm. because yeah. for a couple of years, that was how they got to stay connected with their friends. At a younger all, age yeah. than our older kids did. Exactly. Right? And he, his friends were calling my cell phone every day when after school because they get on <laughs> and they get on FaceTime with each other and then they play Roblox at the same time and they're talking while they're in the game. Yep. Which is great. It's great. He's being social. He's talking. He's, you know, it's all wonderful. But I was trying to work during that time and that phone was going off every like 20 seconds sometimes for me and I would hang up and then they would ring in again. And that was just one example of like the little mini annoyance. But some other factors at play is when you have a younger child and every other person in the house has a phone and a mobile device and they're able to keep in touch with each other when they're away. Like we have a family Mm -hmm. group chat so that we're able to talk to each other, if my husband and I are out on a date and they're like at their Nana's house, like I'm able to talk to my daughter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he didn't have that. He had no way to contact us at all. And so he he was getting, you know, I wouldn't give him to him when he was six, but now he was getting to an age and based on his personal maturity level, we're like, okay, well, maybe it's it's time. And he's also very independent and he likes to ride his bike around the neighborhood and go ride his bike to school. And he wanted the thing that's stopping him right now from riding his bike to school is he's afraid that if something happens, he had no idea how to contact us. And while like when we were kids, we would just rely on other people. I think people are so stuck in their digital devices right now that I don't know if that would be. Oh, yeah. I don't think the world is the same necessarily. I don't think it is. Yeah. But so I, I yeah, Sorry, I mean, yeah. Ha- it, it could be that way. It could not be that way. But in my thinking, I was like, okay, well, it makes sense for that too. Just in case like he has a flat tire, he could just call me and I could pick him up or well, whatever. Yeah. And and I do think that – so like that naive re- – so the response I read was mm-hmm. a similar feeling that we mm-hmm. got a lot on social media and from other moms. A lot of – in my personal opinion, I saw a lot of name calling. 
Oh, there I was a lot, lot of name calling. Down. There was a lot of um, ridiculous, like you're ridiculous or rubbish. pathetic. Pathetic was a word. Rubbish. Yep. Yes. Rubbish. Mm-hmm. You write rubbish. Um, yeah. And it's just, again, it came down to like, okay, first of all, first of all, in the email, you talked about the fact that you're not just blindly handing your son the phone and that's not your philosophy. Your philosophy is like you said, education. It's education. To teach our kids how to handle this because nobody can just hand – okay, how do I say this? There's like, no cut age where you can just hand over the phone and everything will be fine. See, like there's yes. nothing. Yes. Like you could say that about alcohol. You could say that about, about sex. Like there's so many experiences that our kids have that if we just push them into it with absolutely no education, no conversations about it, no, no nothing – it is mm-hmm. going to end very badly because there, there are was, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and you bring up the alcohol because there was one comment about it's like giving your kid a beer. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not like giving your kid <laughs> a beer. I'm not giving my nine-year-old a beer. It's not the same. Or sex. They said sex too. That's I'm like, no, it's too. not. Like this is so incomparable. Like so on the phone, by the way, the way I have – the way we've controlled it right now is – he is only able to contact people in his approved contacts from us, which mm-hmm. is, you know, we talk with him about it. It's not like a set rule, but he's he's not interested in contacting anyone else. Like I watch him. I watch him on the phone. I watch I, I look at his phone. I know the password. I could just I open it up occasionally, just look through. Yeah. He knows I do this. And um he has no social media apps. He's not allowed to download any apps without our password and permission. He does mm-hmm. not know the passwords. We've checked that. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> It's 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 locked down to the extent we can. Now, obviously, it's a lot of conversations from here on out. Like when he's on his phone, I'm like, hey, like, like what you doing on there? What's going on on there? And I'm I'm constantly wondering and curious and watching. And I'm not just like giving it to him and be like, have free at it. No, <laughs> I'm still concerned. I'm still looking. And when you talk about giving a kid a beer, that's not appropriate for children, like at all. That is that is physically altering, mind altering. And we're not saying yeah. that technology doesn't have the ability to have some mind altering. That is one of the research that is that is some of the research that is out there. But specifically with social media. Yeah. Specifically with social yes. media. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to bear in mind is to feel like we can actually as parents, and I and I I'm gonna like give a little example here with this, but to feel like we as parents actually can can keep our kids from technology, keeping them like because there's that whole there's a I remember when my kids were little, it was like keep them screen free until they were two. And okay, mm-hmm. I got teenagers now. So that I I, I kind of get that. Um but nowadays that's like impossible. And the same for my teens. Like when my son, who's now a sophomore, went to high school as a freshman, he had to have his phone. Like we went back and forth about this. And I'm like, I don't think you should have your phone at school. After the first day, my son was like, okay, well, mom, I need my phone because at least in three classes, they needed us to get online and they didn't have laptops for us yet. So they told us to use our digital devices and I didn't have anything. And, and, you know, I, could my kid be lying? Sure he could, but that kid, no, that kid wasn't lying because he doesn't like his phone anyways. So he was not. But that's my point is that they're using technology more and more in everyday life for our kids. I mean, you can't, half of the restaurants I go to, if I didn't have a phone, I can't get a freaking menu. Like, and, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm just pointing out that technology is there 
We need to give our kids the education that we can help guide them and teach them how to use it so that when they do get to an age where, you know, let's say the social media comes rolling in and everybody's talking on TikTok or Snapchat or whatever it is that that they're using, that our kids have some idea of healthy digital habits for a healthy digital lifestyle. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And there's so much to take into account for healthy digital habits. Yes, there are like dangerous ways people can contact you on the internet, Uh, chat forums like Reddit in particular or Discord. Mm -hmm. Our kid, like he has been asking to be on Discord and we're like, "Mm, hell no, no. (laughs) That's not happening anytime that, in the near future. And he's that, like, oh, you're my not YouTuber ready for friends. Yeah. Are, are like, my, all these YouTubers wanted me to enter contests. We're like, mm, no. And we tell him why. We're like, it is so unregulated. There are no rules there. Anyone can contact you, anyone can post anything they want. There is no, like, it's just not a great environment for yeah. you right now. Yeah. And it's like a hard line. And that's it, part of it, right? That's yeah. part of you guys teaching him why this isn't okay, why this is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and giving him the ability too to get used to things. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a learning curve trying to figure out how to work things, especially on phones, touchscreen devices. Like there is a learning curve that kids need to. Kids pick, 
kids pick that one up pretty fast. They like, do. Okay. It's funny. Like I'm using my device and I'm like, I'm posting to Instagram. She's like, mom, my daughter, mom, you know, you don't have to push all those buttons. You could just push that button right there. And I'm like, oh, life change. She just told okay. something about my phone. Funny story to share with that. Uh, <laughs> just recently when I was on our vacation in Mexico, we were on the boat and the one of the guys on the boat was taking scenic. He was like, hand me your, your phone and was taking scenic pictures. And he's like, now you share your phone with other people. And I'm like, okay, I, I can do that. And I'm like, who has Apple? I can do airdrop. Like three people raised their hand. And I'm like, okay, turn on your thing. And they all looked at each other and was like, how do we do that? And then like two of them, their teens were like, give me the phone, dad. <laughs> they did it because they were asking me and I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to tell you to turn on your airdrop. I might just, might just on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because here's the fear. Kids have no fear. Not not the fear, but here's the thing. Kids have no fear of technology. They grew up and, with it. Well, and, and to learn it, you you need to have no fear of it. You need to like be willing to experiment and be willing to like po- potentially break things because the break things are never that bad. Um, like I feel like I'm – I'm rare, like not too rare, but like among typical, like but in teaching, for instance, in education, I was always the tech person. I'm the person you come to with tech issues or like uh, around some of my entrepreneur friends come to me with the tech issues. They want to know my automations. They want to know everything. Uh, you speak I, on tech issues at several conferences. <laughs> yes. I I grew up with it. My dad was a computer science teacher in a high school. I constantly had computers in my house. And I was, you know, online AOL and like, I had it all right from the beginning, you know? Yeah. And so I've never viewed tech as a scary thing. I think that other people view tech as a really scary thing. And I think that that is what a lot of the mom shaming is coming from right now in society is that uh, people are just scared. They're scared of something getting to their kids and they're scared of something happening. And all of that anxiety, the kids feel it. And then they don't come and tell us when things actually are happening. Whereas with phone usage and stuff the, and everything, any topic, let's say alcohol, let's say sex, let's say drugs, everything, um, it's something that we have to be aware of our own fears and then we have to bring up the conversation yeah. for it and teach about it in appropriate ways. So one thing you said that I could see being taken out of context, so I'm going to throw this out there right now. Mm-hmm. So when you said that kids are fearless of technology and that they that you need to to not have fear, that is different from being aware and cautious of yeah. the dangers of using technology. Those are not one in the same. And I feel like that's where some of that judging comes from. That people I mean, are, right? Yeah. Think of it like as watching a spy thriller or like anyone who works in like the law enforcement or Mm -hmm. whatever. They are aware of the dangerous situations that they are going into and they are trained for it and they are educated for it, but they are not afraid of it because fear makes you act in a very erratic, unpredictable, illogical manner. Like when you're hangry. Like when you're hangry, <laughs> like when you're hangry and cuss out the pizza. <laughs> okay, I didn't cuss them out, but I did know, no, I know. my voice. I know. It was not nice. I was not professional. Not I my best I've never cussed out anyone ever. <laughs> oh, I have before, but not that time. <laughs> I may yell some choice words, but uh, but regardless, like being afraid 
not great. Being yeah. aware and cautious and concerned and really educated about the terrain you're going into and confident that if mm-hmm. something were to come up, you would be able to problem solve to get yourself out of it or to like help everyone in it. That is where I want parents to be. I don't being, want them to be afraid. Yeah. Being aware and working through it because yeah. like we had in our, our previous podcast episode, which I wish I had in front of me, but it's going to be a link to it here in the show notes. You can't... the. The negative effects of parenting through fear are so large. Like, and the fact that it can just trickle off, like you said, like that fear goes into your kids and the fact that it keeps them from having the ability to work through, like you've, everything you've said on this episode, that, that fact that it keeps them from being able to problem solve and work through the challenges, because guess Mm -hmm. what? We're not always going to be there. We are, there is no matter how involved of a parent you are, there is no way you're going to always be there for your kid. And you're not supposed to. They need Mm -hmm. to live their own lives. They need to be able to experience things. They need to experience failures. They need, like you said, they need things to break so that they can figure out how to fix them. Exactly. And we're not saying like they need to be able, they they need to be like, you know, have a predator find them online to figure out what to do. We're not saying that. But you can protect and be aware yes, against that. Yes, yes. but you have, mm-hmm. but they have to be able to experience it because other that not sorry, not experience it. That came out wrong. <laughs> they have to be able to experience technology to be able to move forward. And again, what is No Guilt Mom about? We are about mm-hmm. embracing and supporting everybody, giving you the information that 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 we that is available. Yeah, and trying to support you because we know that we can't. We don't know every situation. We don't know you what don't. you're faced with every day. But I can't I can't tell you like chaos and fear is not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm-mm. why not support one another? Why not be able to say like, okay, you're stuck in a rough spot. You got crappy choice A or crappy choice B. Let's help you come up with the best option you can with those two. Yeah. You know? Which is something that we do a lot in our balance community. We do. <laughs> We yeah. do. They're they're all there for each other. All the women in there support and love each other with none of this mom shaming yeah. going on. Because there's enough Banish- mom shaming in our brains. There's oh, enough of yeah. that in there that tells us that we're screwing up and we're doing it all wrong. We don't need other people to tell us, oh, yeah, you suck on top of it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah I we feel like we that. tell ourselves our, we suck on a daily basis that trying to get out of it. Yeah. Exactly. So – We hope you took something from this episode in the sense of going away from fear and going more towards education. And you may disagree with us on giving kids devices. And that is totally okay. 100%. You do what works for you. But if you're one of those people on the fence who's holding off for an arbitrary number, I encourage you to go come forward, research it a little bit talk with other moms. A lot of moms are hiding what they're doing with technology because they're afraid of being publicly shamed for it. So know that you are not alone out there. Oh, and uh, you know what? Check out our, our show notes. I'm going to put the links to every episode that we have that talks about screen tech because we have quite a few. Mm-hmm. So, and we have some more yep. coming up soon too. And we do. So remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? 
play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.